I'm Julie Lamb, a therapist turned life and business coach. In all my years as a therapist and coach, I have seen that true healing and growth comes from understanding your greatest asset, your brain. To manage your life and business, you first have to manage your mind. I'm here to help you figure out what the hell is my brain doing? Hello, my friends, and welcome back to What the Hell is My Brain Doing? I am so excited today for this podcast to bring to you. It's Valentine's Day. We're going to be talking a lot about love, but today we're going to talk about my favorite aspect about all of that, and that is sex. Ooh, spicy there. <laughs> so if you have, um, I want you to know this is adult conversation here. I want to introduce you to my good friend, Danielle. And I met Danielle actually when I took one of her courses. So I took her course, Better Sex in 90 Days. And I have to tell you that that really changed my perception of me, my body, and how I view sex in general. And I just felt so inclined to think, well, this is so perfect for everybody to know how my brain views sex, what that looks like. And so I invite you all to just bask in the goodness that is Danielle and be a part of this conversation as we talk about the brain and sex. So with that, I want to introduce Danielle Savory. And so Danielle, tell us a bit about you. Well, first, thank you for having me, Julie. This is such an honor and I'm so happy to be here, especially talking about my two favorite subjects, the brain and sex. So yes, I am a sexual pleasure coach for women. I have been coaching for almost a decade now. I started with uh, more of mindfulness and being a mindfulness teacher and embodied teacher. And I really love coaching women on sex because I really see it kind of as this pinnacle of our self-growth because there's so many things that we don't even realize are wrapped up in that. The way that we approach our body, the way that we are socialized, the ways that we have been put into a box and had rules on our sexuality from very young age, all of it. And it can just liberate us as women in so many ways when we really start to lean into our sexual pleasure. So that is a little bit about me and what I do. I love that, especially when you talk about the box, because mm -hmm. our brain so much wants to make sure that we fit in, that we belong. And so it looks at that box and says, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I really love the idea of looking at this as far as sex is concerned, because there's so many thoughts with sex and the brain and all aspects of that. So tell us from your perspective, why is sex good for us? Why should we even talk about it in the first place? Uh, well, this could be like a whole podcast episode just in and of itself. But, you know, there's really so many benefits to sexual pleasure in general. And one of the ways that I like to think of it, I mean, from a physiological aspect, there are just ways that we are, you know, it can help with your immune system, it can help with balancing your nervous system, it can help, you know, with your feel good chemicals in your brain, like with your serotonin levels, with our stress levels, like physiologically with your heart rate, you know, there's, there's those kind of things that it can definitely help with. And from a coach's perspective, and what I really see why it's so beneficial for so many women is because of the woman you become when you pursue pleasure. And what I mean by that is we give ourselves permission in so many ways to not be depleted, to maybe set boundaries that we should have set a long time ago, to be able to turn and focus in ourselves, to see where we are being unkind to ourselves. I think that's one of the most surprising things that most people walk away when they've worked with me or been in one of my courses or programs or something is how much different the way that they speak to themselves and the relationship they have in general with themselves changes because when we're opening our bodies 
up to pleasure and to experiencing sexual pleasure, if you're being mean to yourself, if you're rejecting your body, if you're dealing with a lot of stress, like the body is going to close up. It's going to respond to that internal dialogue. And so we have to be able to go in and really like take a look at that and use like our levels of desire almost as a barometer of how we've been treating ourselves. So that is what I see as one of the biggest benefits of, you know, why sex is good and why your sexual pleasure is good is because the qualities and the traits that you develop as you pursue pleasure and the way that it really creates this deep connection with the felt sense of the body. I mean, so many of us are just walking around from like the neck up, right? but how you actually feel more, how you can feel your emotions, how pleasure can aid in, you know, really helping you along with pain and uncomfortable situations. Pleasure can be the balm. It can create more resilience, create more self-compassion, like I said, create more self-trust, create more leadership and boldness and courageousness in your life in general, because pursuing pleasure has been off limits for us for so long that on our way there, the woman that you become come is so strong and really limitless in so many different ways. I love everything about that because I think too often we think sex is just an act. Sex is just something you do. And I love how it is so much more about us. It's mm -hmm. our brain wants to make everything almost challenging and difficult. And when you can truly take a step back and you can look at yourself with so much love and compassion your brain then is open to all of those possibilities. And that is such a beautiful way that you put all that. With that in mind, I want to think about what do you feel like are the benefits for people as they do this love and this compassion work in their own personal relationships outside of business or in their life in general? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, like you feel good. And I think that like we forget that that's <laughs> a worthy enough endeavor to just feel feel good. Yeah. And it's the kind of feel good that lasts longer. I think that's another thing that we kind of misconstrue. Like you said, when we think of sex as just an act, we think of it kind of as like one orgasm and then I'm fine. But the impact of really pursuing pleasure and experiencing pleasure on a regular basis, you will wake up in the morning. I mean, it, we see it on <laughs> rom-coms all the time. It's like, what did you have last night? Must have been a good night, right? Like there is a difference in how how you feel. There's a lightness to your step. There's a playfulness in your spirit. There can be, especially if you're in a long-term partnership, there can be like a flirtiness and like a deeper connection. I notice a lot of times just a presence, like there's a different level of presence with me because when you learn how to be present for pleasure, you are going to simply be more present in your life. You know, a lot of uh, mothers that I coach talk about how much more present they are with their children in their day-to-day, -day, how much more fun they're having with them because they've learned the skill of focus and presence, you know? And so when we think about just going on, you know, our, just our regular personal day, like being present from moment to moment, it's like your walks become more vibrant. Your experience of driving in the car becomes more vibrant. Like there's all these very like mundane things that we do every single day that get like a little glitter to them when we've experienced more pleasure because we're able to to fully immerse ourselves now in our life. And we're looking 
to enjoy it. We're looking to have more fun in it because again, of that pursuit of pleasure and experiencing it, we become more apt to actually being able to open our eyes to the pleasurable stuff around us. Yeah. I, you know, you think about this and I tell all of you, I've told you all that the brain wants pleasure. It wants things that are good and easy and enjoyable because then it keeps seeking out for it. Our brains want us to have that, but too often we deny that because we think, oh, well, I I really shouldn't. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is bad for me and somehow, and I want to kind of touch a little bit. We know this is so good, so powerful, and it impacts Mm -hmm. all these mindfulness and the little moments in our life. But there's this part of us is why do people, what stops us from enjoying pleasure or finding the pleasure in those things? Like, what are some of those things that could come from or stop that? Yeah, well, I think it really comes down to the type of pleasure, you know, so I think that we have these things that are very superficial pleasures, which, you know, we typically call like, quote, unquote, guilty pleasures, which I hate that phrase, by the way. So (laughs) I'm using that in air quotes that you can't see. But it's like, there is a difference in the type of pleasures we experience. Like if you go and you eat a donut, let's say like that is going to be a very different pleasurable experience for your brain and for your body, then if you go and you do an hour long yoga class and you're feeling present in your body and there's pleasure of feeling your breath and the delight of the movement of your body. So these do have a different impact. And so I think that the thing that's important to recognize is when the brain is seeking out pleasure, it's looking kind of for those quick hits of dopamine, those promised pathways, which could come from like, you know, a glass of wine or a donut or, you know, maybe even watching porn. So sometimes we we get confused about like, well, what is pleasure? And I don't want to call it wholesome pleasure because I don't think it's like wholesome, but it is what is nourishing to the body, what is servicing your body and the qualities you're leaning towards. And Oftentimes, the reason that we're resisting so much sensual and sexual pleasure is because your brain's like, but that's going to take effort. That is going to take me out of my comfort zone right now. And especially for those people that are socialized as women, that can seem like a lot more effort. And there's not a promise of reward. Like there's, we call it the orgasm gap, the orgasm gap between men and women in heterosexual relationships is so wide and so vast. And because we haven't really focused on female pleasure, that reward isn't a guarantee. And for a lot of women, they're like, yeah, it kind of feels good, but it's like blah mm-hmm. compared to, you know, almost a guarantee for most men when sex is concerned. And so that's another thing we have to keep in mind is like, it feels like effort. It feels like something that we have to do. Oftentimes the way that we look at it as women is something I'm giving to my partner rather than something that I'm actually receiving for myself. And again, from past experiences in history, it just might not feel like the pleasure aspect is tangible or is something that you can achieve. And it's so much work to get there. You might as well keep sitting on the couch and like enjoy a chocolate bar because that is a guarantee and it's way easier to do. It's so true. I love this idea of this nourishing pleasure that has the long lasting effects versus Mm -hmm. the instant gratification pleasure that you will continue to keep seeking. And I want you to, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, hey, Julie, but what does this all do with the brain? Like, how's this happen? Remember, if your brain is always having to seek 
how much harder actually is it to always seek for the quick fixes? Because it's like, where's my next one? Where's my next one? Where's my next one? Whereas when you go into these nourishing pleasures, the ones that truly build and uplift, your brain then is sustained for such longer periods of time. And it feels the joy, feels those emotions. And even when something negative can hit, your brain already feels, okay, but I am nourished. I'm able to move forward. And that is so key. So that's what I love this. Thank you for bringing that. That's nourishing pleasure is something I'm going to start telling people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause it's supportive. Like you said, it's like you, you, like, I like to think of it as like, you're almost building a reservoir. Like when you said the difficult stuff comes in, it's like, you're building this reservoir of pleasure. That's going to allow you to be resilient through times that are a little bit more challenging and are a little bit more difficult because you're supported. You're already mm -hmm. supported where it's like, if you fill yourself up on these cheap pleasures, they're gone just as quick as they happen. Like that hit of dopamine comes in and it's sucked out right away. And so mm -hmm. it's not going to help you through your next hard day, except if you have to go and seek it out and consume it again. Yeah. And you also become, you develop this tolerance. I think this is really an interesting concept too. We develop this tolerance for these quick hit pleasures where yes. basically you need more and more and more to feel the same effect. But I, I don't think you have to do that when it comes to sex and intimacy and pleasure. It doesn't have to be grand and grandiose and bigger and bigger and bigger to receive that same amount of pleasure. Yes, it can be very simple, actually, <laughs> to keep like blowing your mind in the bedroom, even if you've been with someone for a long time. And I think that's where I love that we're, we're, the conversation is going there because especially on Valentine's day, right? You'll hear so many things about how to spice up your sex life or how to bring this in. And really it is focusing on a little bit more of that dopamine hit of pleasure or like this great quick fix, or we're going to try something that we haven't tried in the bedroom before. And it might be this like spike, but you will find that if you don't learn how to really be more present and really experience pleasure in this like way that your pleasure capacity expands, then you're going to keep seeking out new ways or maybe a new partner or a new position or whatever to keep upping that level of pleasure because it does become more of that quick dopamine hit versus like this nourishing experience. Yeah. And one of the things that you were talking about this, I was thinking this takes some of the pressure off of for those that feel like my partner always wants sex and I don't want sex. And for some people, they call that high, you know, high and low demand, but it actually feels like being willing to be in the moment, be present, be there, that that truly helps us to stop and engage more and feel like it's the pressure is taken off in that moment. Exactly. It doesn't need to have like this pressure of like, oh, you know, they want it when, especially when you start to change your mindset to this could be for me, when you're looking at it as a supportive nourishing experience for me, then it does become less about like, oh, it's something I need to give my partner because they want it more and they're, you know, it's going to help them. And I think that's like one of the biggest blocks, especially when it comes to the way that we look at it. It's like, oh, well, they want it. And so I have to give it mm -hmm. versus, oh, they want it. I get to receive it. Oh, I love that. I get to receive it. And mm -hmm. I want to encourage people as you are thinking about your own intimate relationships, what does your relationship look like with yourself intimately as well? And I know we've talked partners and what that can look like, but I think there's also this 
big key proponent of where we are not focused enough on our intimate relationships with us, our bodies, our brains, and truly enjoying that as well. And I know that that is one of the things I will say I loved the most about your programs, Danielle, is that you really do focus on being come intimately familiar with yourself and loving you so that, like you said, I can receive that from somebody and it doesn't become a, I have to give and give and give because I already feel so intimately like I'm in love with myself in that process. And that is where we get to become, I love thinking about it as you become the giver and the receiver. You're like the giver of love. It's like every single touch of your fingertips or your body is are like this little love notes to your body. And then you get to be the one that receives it. And it can be this beautiful relationship. And so many of us, especially if your partner cut this part out, or we don't even think about it, or we think that that's only for you know, before when I'm alone or when I was single and we don't realize how important this relationship is with you, like created by you for you, (laughs) how Mm -hmm. like, you know, instrumental that can become not just for how you feel, but when you are partnered, how that can really elevate the whole experience as well. It's so beautiful. This is a beautiful conversation I think we're having. And I I want people to be able to take that and say, how do I then apply this to me? Like what my brain is doing and thinking and something that I want to touch on a little bit going is we talked about in the past, how our brain is full of a lot of beliefs and these beliefs Mm -hmm. are the things that shape us. They move us forward and they give us the purpose direction. And a lot of beliefs, some are quite helpful and some are harmful. And I think this is a conversation I wanted to talk about was a harmful belief that impacts this whole conversation we have. And that's around this idea of purity culture. It's kind of a, we'll call this buzzword of purity culture. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to know like your thoughts on what that means and then how that impacts this, this conversation we've been talking about as well. I mean, I think that the the purity culture for sure can have a lot of detrimental impact on your sexual relationship later on life. Even if the message that you received was, this is okay once you're married, okay? So like Julie was saying, we create these beliefs. These beliefs become hardwired into us and there's nothing you know, I don't want to go into like good or bad or wrong. It just is what it is. And it's going to create this impact. And when you're being told that touching your body is wrong, or the naked body is wrong, and you're feeling shame around that shame is like one of those emotions that is like the heaviest emotion to really carry. And I think the misconception is, is that the minute you put a ring on that finger, that all of those beliefs have now just been removed from your brain. All those neural pathways that you have been operating on, on autopilot and default that have literally kept you safe for your youth just disappear because now you have a different status of being married. And so I think that is one of the most important things to remember just because externally you now have a marriage that has happened. You have not changed your brain. And so a lot of people can come into this afterwards wondering like, why do I still feel shameful? Why is this not okay? Why do I not want to, why do I feel like I want to cover up when my, you know, when my partner is looking at me when I get out of the shower? And it's really understanding that when you've learned these messages and you've internalized them, and a lot of the ways that we've internalized this is around shame or fear, then it literally becomes a safety thing and it becomes a habitual 
initial reaction of like your nervous system. Like it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be sexy. It's not safe to connect intimately. And that takes some practice to get somewhere else. And it takes a lot of unwiring because if your body and your brain on the subconscious level is still thinking this is wrong, or I'm going to be smited by God, or I'm going to be kicked out of my community or my church or, you know, be rejected or shamed or anything like that, like that is the felt sense in your body. Mm -hmm. And that's where so many people can get confused and be like, well, I don't know, I'm not even experiencing a lot of pleasure. And it's like, yeah, because you do not have an environment in your brain and your body that is conducive to pleasure right now. It's literally pushing it away because it's so afraid of it. When we're talking about this idea that pleasure is nourishing and can be so good for you to move forward, the conflict with your brain saying, oh, wait a minute here, but this isn't safe is a very important conversation, I think, to have with many, you know, to many people. You can't just suddenly say, oh, no, it's suddenly safe. Now let's go. Because remember, our brains are not wired that way. They're not wired to be like, (laughs) oh, wait a minute here. Tiger's not here anymore. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. And when it's like even outside of the purity culture, when your sex education is about not getting pregnant and not getting diseased Mm -hmm. and not getting slut shamed, it's like, what it, where's the motivation? <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Let me drop my drawers now. Like there's just not like this conversation really, or this unwiring because what we have been taught from a young age, when our brain is the most impressionable and what we're actually learning about sex has nothing to do with pleasure. Yeah. It has everything to do with protecting yourself from harm. Yeah. And that's such an important distinction is as we started this conversation talking about sex, it really is more about the pleasure aspect. And I think Mm -hmm. too often we think sex is, you know, we use those phrases, it's dirty, it's we define it by acts, but realistically speaking, it's a beautiful act of pleasure for you, for your partner, for this bonding and building. And I'd love for people to stop viewing it as this thing that we have to be shamed about. We can't talk about that. We have to hide in the corner, you know, and whisper that it should be portrayed everywhere, you know, on the rooftop that we talk about pleasure in this way. And I think it's like, it's so good for us to remember to the context, you know, it's like, I think right now in this day and age is the most open conversations we're having about it. And that the more that we have these open conversations, especially when we're focused on female pleasure, the more that's going to shift and change. But for so many years, like sexual pleasure, not just from like a purity and a shame place and this is off limits or this can harm us but understanding for women this was also a security issue you Mm -hmm. know it it is giving us permission to have a family it's like how many messages like I remember hearing from my Grammy right like keep your husband happy because you don't want him to leave you well that was a real thing especially in the 50s that was a real thing like you would be completely like rejected if you got divorced and you can't even open your own bank account unless you have the signature of a male family member until the 80s yeah you know so it's like this is a really real thing and so I think we're finally getting to the place in our culture where we can have these kind of conversations because we're not actually talking about being unsafe and the security issues that we are talking about from you know the generations before us I love how you describe that as well. And I think this is, it shows how our brain neural pathways have changed, evolved Mm -hmm. over time and they continue. 
we have created all these safety measures. And this is one where for many people, you have to discover what does feel safe within the idea that it's a pleasurable safe. It's not a safe that is going to destroy your whole world and everything. And I think that that's one of the keys, as you talk about this discussion that we continue to have. So I appreciate that view and that take on it as well. It's, It's a beautiful thing. Well, it's, I think it's, again, it's so important for us to acknowledge this isn't a me thing. It's not a you thing. It's not you not being open to pleasure. This has been embedded in our society. So to offer ourselves all compassion, like, of course, this doesn't feel safe. And that's not a problem. I'm learning how to introduce new beliefs into my brain as I continue to create safety in my body and really seeing the fact that this is a progressive thing that we're all doing because we have all been immersed in a culture that has not been focused on pleasure and has been much more focused on dangers and safety and shame. And so it takes some time. Yeah, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And I want to kind of, I think with this, how do we turn our brains on or off when it comes to pleasure and sex? Mm, This is a big question. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how many hours do we got here? Um, I think the main thing is to just start with like, what are some of your turn offs? Like, I think that is so much easier for us to identify. And I say us, and I'm typically talking to women. I know this is not a woman only podcast. So let me say like for those socialized as women, typically we'll have more offs than on. So understanding like what are some of your offs and they might not even be related to sex. That's really important to acknowledge that all of us, like if you're feeling, you know, financial pressure, if your kids are being really loud in the background, if you've been overtouched because you have young children, if you have, you know, you're really excited about like a business you're building or some other creative endeavor and you're focusing on that, like that's not inherently wrong or negative, but it can be an off to your pleasure because you're like, I would rather. So we just want to start identifying like, what are the gatekeepers here? Like, what are the things that are keeping me? Is it because I don't have time because I'm too tired because I'm not attracted to my partner because I'm too stressed because of finances, like start to identify your offs. And a lot of times what we'll notice is we don't need to insert that many ons when we just start to diminish and turn down the offs, like just feeling more relaxed. This is why it's so easy when you go on vacation to open up because you're like, well, I don't have to do this and I don't have to wake up early in the morning and we can just relax. Like there's so many offs, like take those moments where you do feel more open, where you do feel turned on and then be, what am I not thinking about? there. (laughs) (laughs) And can I also not think about it here? Right. Can I also borrow that thought to help myself become more turned on? So really it's like when we start diminishing a lot of those offs, the thing to understand, like as Julie said earlier, you know, it's like the tiger in the room kind of thing. Like if your stress cycle has been activated, if you are experiencing like a level of like a simmer of stress, like your body isn't conducive to pleasure. It's not going to be able to get turned on because if you're getting chased by a tiger, like there's no time to stop and drop your drawers and get it on with your partner. So that's just not actually physiologically what's going to happen. So we just want to acknowledge like, what are some of the paper tigers running around? What are the ways that I can reduce those so that I can create an environment in my body and my brain to open more up? So I think the first thing to do is just start identifying like, 
why not? Just ask yourself, like, <laughs> why not? And see what comes up. You'll be surprised, like, what all of the things your brain has to say about why not. Yeah. And I love the the paper tigers. Some are actual things that we can do right away. Some are yeah. things that are a lot more deeper with the thoughts that we do and the beliefs. And that's where you can identify some of the external and we can yeah. you know, do that. But anything that's internal, I know that's something that you really specialize in and helping women to navigate through those internal things that stop that pleasure. And yeah. one of the things that I would love for you to share is your top tip. How do we get through that internal aspect? My top tip for getting through that internal aspect. You know, I would say like my, my number one, well, this is two tips. So I'm going to get, I can't narrow it down to one because I think that we want to focus on the mind and the body. Like that mm -hmm. is why I'm a mind body coach, because I think it's really important that we start changing our habitual patterns of the mind and changing our habitual patterns of the body. So the top tip I would say, as far as the body is concerned is to set some time aside to really connect with sensual pleasure. And notice how I said sensual, not sexual. We can get to the sexual, but just getting back into your body. There's one exercise that I provide with my clients called pleasurable preparations. And it's just like doing what you always do in the morning, but instead doing it very present. And you don't have to do it for the whole time. It might just be as you're shampooing your hair and you're smelling the shampoo, you're feeling, you know, your fingers on your scalp. It's like when you go to the salon and get your hair done, it's like you let yourself like relax and feel it. You're not thinking about what you're doing next. You usually immerse yourself in the pleasure of having somebody else rub your head. But when you get to do it, it's very empowering. It's like you can pause for that couple of seconds and it literally is a couple of seconds and feel how you're touching yourself and also be the receiver and feel what it's like to be touched. So incorporating some sort of sensual practice into something you're already doing is such an easy way to start connecting with your body. And then the other thing that I would say is to schedule <laughs> like sex or self-pleasure session. And even if you don't follow through with it at first, like this is really important just when it comes up. So it's going to be like, let's say it's Sunday afternoon, write down what your brain is saying, because you're going to be able to see all of the resistance. And those are your turnoffs. Those are the things that your brain's believing. Well, it's not a good time of day. And I'm not sure we'll get privacy or it's too bright outside. My whole body's going to be seen, you know, just start writing them down as sentences and seeing, oh, these are the gatekeepers to pleasure. So if we do not put like an anchor in, and I consider the anchor to be your schedule, then we can't see all of this stuff. But if you commit to it and if you put it down, it's just like if you decide to go for a run, all of a sudden you'll find out all the reasons why it's too early. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm sore. It's wet outside. Like, who am I to be running? You can't see that until you decided you're going to go for a run. Same with sex. So decide when you're going to have it and then see all of the stuff that's coming up that's keeping you from having it in the first place. I love it. Those are so fantastic. I think it's a real great way for everybody to acknowledge those small little things that can create big impact in something that mm -hmm. truly has long lasting, nourishing parts of us as we just sit there and feed into that. So it's so beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Those are some wonderful things that I know Danielle has 
tons more available for you. So Danielle, how about you tell everybody where they can find you and how they can start working with you so that they can increase their pleasure as well. So I have a podcast called It's My Pleasure. So that is a great <laughs> place to start. Also, you can visit my website, uh, daniellesavory.com. I have a freebie for everybody called uh, Fresh. And that's like a new course, especially this is for those that are in long-term partnerships, just creating that freshness, which might be great for you on Valentine's Day without having to like add all of these things. You don't have to get like <laughs> any sort of like se special sexy card or positions or anything. This is like a quick trick that you can do and a skill that you can develop with your brain that's going to help your longtime partner feel fun and new again. So those are the best places to find me right now. My website, daniellesavory.com or my podcast. It's my pleasure. I love this free thing and everybody should get it right now. Go get it. <laughs> it will definitely help your relationship, not only I think with your partner, but also just with yourself. Sometimes I think we have to be fresh with ourselves as well. So yes. love it. So good. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle, so much for being here. And everybody knows that the links will be in the show notes as well so that you can find all of that information. But go out and go find your pleasure. And as you do, notice what your brain does and you will find all the keys to unlocking it. And that is how you find out what the hell is my brain doing when especially when it comes to pleasure. So until next time, this is Julianne, and we'll talk to you soon. If you love today's show, I would love for you to take a minute and give a five-star rating and a review. Subscribe and share with those that you know would love to learn more about managing their brains. If you're ready to join me, I want to invite you to coach with me where we uncover more about your brain so that you can have the life and business you dream about. Manage your brain is more than just a thought. It is a possibility. Go to www.julielamcoaching.com to learn more. This is how we do it. All the things. It's your time. See you soon. Have a great day.